This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. On this episode of the Career Musician Podcast, we have Mr. Joe Willis and Mr. David Garcia. Now, Joe and I go way back to 2005 with the American Idols Live Tour, and David Garcia and I had just met over the past few years as we live in the same neighborhood here in Burbank, California. Joe is longtime manager of R&B pop superstar Jordan Sparks. David is a director of photography and co-owner of Combined Media. Now, these two gentlemen know the real deal of the entertainment industry. That's why I found it so important to have them on the show so that they can not only tell you about their journey to success in the industry, but also so you might be able to see a little bit behind the scenes of the industry by the people who make stuff happen when musicians aren't even around. I hope you enjoy this episode with my good buddies, Joe Willis and David Garcia, right here on the Career Musician Podcast. Welcome, Joe Willis and David Garcia to the Career Musician Podcast. And yes, Eric G., that means the timer has officially started. I am not re entering this bitch. We are starting right now. (laughs) (laughs) David Garcia, woohoo! Welcome to the Career Musician. What up? What up? Yeah. Thanks for having us. What's up? Yeah, man. I'm I'm honored. This is the first time I've ever been invited to anything. <laughs> so, this is cool. <laughs> we'll leave that right there on the table and move on. <laughs> so, well, so here's the here's the pitch, man. You know, here's how I'm selling this because a lot of people come to me and say, both of you included, both guests today, you say, yeah, but I'm not technically. I mean, I'm a musician. I dabble, but I'm not re- technically. Blah blah blah. This and that. Well, here's the deal. The career musician stands for one thing: creative individuals, creative beings who hustle and grind to get the paycheck. It's all about the grit. And this is what we know. We're self-employed, independent contractors. This is our life. So Joe Willis and I met back in 2005 on the American Idols live tour. That was the year that Carrie Underwood won. And Carrie Underwood. I got to give the plug here for McPherson Guitars. I gave Carrie Underwood her first uh, McPherson acoustic guitar, which then I introduced her to the company and she got an endorsement with them, blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah, pat on my shoulder. I'm and saying, did they kick you down? You got a, at least you got, is there one in the back? Is there a couple of McPherson's in there? I got like three, four, five of them, yeah. Then, then they kick- Okay, I was about to say, I gotta go, you know, make me pick up the phone for, you know what I'm saying, go in there and start dialing. 
See that's guitars. Why, that's why I love Joe because he's got the <laughs> producer mode all the. I mean, the manager mode all the time. The manager mode. So and then David Garcia is a basically a, a film guy, editing, video shooting, creating all kinds of multimedia. And here's the crazy part. I love this story. After I give my little quick monologue, I'm gonna shut up and let you guys talk. But Joe and I go way back. Joe comes over to Nomad's place, the studio here in Burbank. We're hanging out. Uh, excuse me, talk, excuse me, talking about some how we're going to, you know, take over the world. Right. And he goes, you know what? I got a buddy that lives right down the other street, the street over from you. <clears throat> and I was like, get out of here. He's like, yeah, David Garcia calls David up. He runs over here. You and David go back how many years now? Uh, uh, no, nah, it's earlier than that because it's capital <laughs> stuff. So 2003, probably 2004. Yellow card mm -hmm. stuff. Do the math, but yeah. That's right. Yellow card. Capital Records. And then, David, you told me the story how you guys met at Capital Records. You were both working there. And then, man, everything just ties in. So first of all, again, welcome to the show. You are here because you should be here. And I want to hear all about your paths, man. Well, mm. whew, man, you want to go first? Let me go first. You go first. We'll go, go first, Joe. Warm it up. Yeah, Joe, warm up the mic for him. Uh, uh four score and uh well uh it's it's a crazy path man like um you guys know as, as like creators you gotta you start somewhere and you kind of end up other places you know and over the course of uh geez I, I i got my first check when i was 17 so uh that was like two years ago and <laughs> now i'm planning on staying in the business because no um uh, but I mean, the music part of me started before that. So I guess we start with the music part, right? Yes. This is a career musician show. Um, so I was, I'm a, I'm a band kid. I'm a drummer, band kid, you know, clarinet in up to fourth grade. And then uh, I uh, picked up some drumsticks and uh, my mom was in the business. So a couple of her friends showed me some little basics. I don't want to name drop or nothing, but there's some really good drummers and they, they kind of got me hooked. And uh, I ended up playing drums at John Burroughs in the drum line. And there was a there was a, a teacher there named Art Copper, who's an amazing like pfft, luminary in that world. But, um, you know, he, he, he put me on the set and me and uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, went to school together, the drummer. So like, we went to junior high school. We were in the same drum band together. And then uh, Hamilton High Hold School on. opened up. A Hold on. We got to tell people who Trevor Lawrence is for those who may oh. know. Drop some. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is a legend drummer. Session studio cat, band touring drummer, um, you know, revolutionized a lot of the stuff. It had, it had, he has his own stacks and stuff. You know, you know, you get your own drums and stuff. You kind of crack him. But uh, yeah, he's, he's a legend. And uh, like I said, me and that guy were, he was, he was, I'm not going to lie. He was a set monster then even at, at the time. But I was lucky enough to be in that drum group with him. And I went to uh, Hamilton, the first year they had the music uh, blah, the first year they had the music academy at Hamilton, I was one of the first sets of drummers that got into the school first year. So I went to Hamilton for a year and then I transferred out to the valley. I went to Poly High School. They didn't have a band there, but that's when I got into production. And a, a buddy of mine had uh, he bought a uh, ASR ten. And <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> and uh, we used to sit and uh, and uh, what was that the other one the the 30, I can't remember what it's called, but it was another keyboard. Uh, damn, can't remember, but it was another early sampling keyboard that didn't the even SR, have sit. The SR-10, was that in Sonic? Yep. Yeah, yep. And Sonic, so it's a sampling keyboard where you can sample your own sounds into it. Kill yep, it. 
And then, you know, we moved to uh, SP-12, right? And that kind of stuff. And we just started making beats. This is like 10th, 11th grade. And, uh, you know, he was like, you know, you're making beats, but nobody raps over your stuff. And I'm like, man, that's, that's kind of a bum out. He's like, why don't you show them how you're supposed to be rapping? And I was doing a lot of early boom bap, and it was in L.A. You know what I mean? So it was like some super hip hop stuff. Nobody really rapped like that. So he was like, you know, why don't you rap on it and show the people how to rap? And that's how I started rapping. I didn't want to do it, but I was DJing and making beats at the time. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I did a song with a guy named Gemini One. It was a house music hit like in 1989 or 90, I want to say. Um, uh, that was like my first you know, experience with me being like in front. And that turned into 10 years of me being in uh, a, a crew. I, I'm Rocksteady crew. Shout out to Rocksteady crew, Zulu Nation. I was a Rocksteady battle rapper. Um, and it, that, was, that was 10 years of rapping. And we owned an independent label called Nerve Deafness. Uh, Joe, all yeah. the history and you never, you never spit a rhyme for me? Come on. <laughs> like, I've never heard you rap, dude. Really? <laughs> I mean, you know what's funny, man, is uh, I know I, I, it's it's one of those things where that's so it's such a compartmentalized weird thing. Well, I'll tell you why this kind of how this kind of got weird, right? So, the the journey gets stranger. So, uh, you know, I do that for like ten years, and then I decide, you know, I'm down with dilated Rocka. Shout out to Rocka and Evidence and and, and Babs. Those are my crew and, and Alchemist. You know, I came up with all those dudes and all the Afterlife guys. And shout out to them. Uh, you know, we all lived together and, and came up together, but. I got to the point where I wanted to really dive into the business side. You know what I mean? Like I started really becoming interested in the business side and I went to Northridge to Cal State Northridge uh, and got the music industry studies degree. I was one of the first ones of that and, and shout out to Joel Leach, Andrew Sermani in the wow. crew over there. Eric, oh, you've got to chime in. At, at Burroughs and at CSUN. What? <laughs> what? What? Yep. That's what's up. That's yep. what's up. See? See? This is the circle. <laughs> Of that's some that's some super cool. la can i cuss yeah yeah oh that's some super la shit right there buddy yeah. some super well, la shit if they see some is burroughs part two <laughs> <laughs> burroughs senior and shit it's like 14th grade and shit like. <laughs> <laughs> we got lots of things coming, man we got two garcias on the show we got two local school buddies two matadors the matadors <laughs> matadors Oh, so we're oh, so I rapped for a while, uh, and then I got I graduated from CSUN, and I needed an internship. And at the time, uh, shout out to Sugar Ray dudes and DJ Homicide and all the homies. Um, I I go to his house, and we're all sitting there playing NHL like '92 or '93, right? And uh, I, I'm like, yo, I gotta <laughs> I gotta get an internship to get out of school. And he's like, what? Hold on. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep. And he goes, hey, Dan. Dude's like, what? Hey, give my friend a job, right? And I what I didn't know at the time is he was calling Dan Charnis who now is a professor at NYU Clive Davis School, and he wrote the history of the business of hip hop and, and uh, work clean and a whole bunch of stuff. He's like New York Times bestseller, genius. But uh, <laughs> at the time he was an A&R at uh, American Recordings, Def American for Rick Rubin. And uh, Homicide called him, he's like, hey, give my friend a job. And he was like, fuck your friend. Literally is exactly what he said on a speakerphone. He's like, oh, come on, man. He's like, <sighs> And at the time he was doing beats, Homicide was doing beats for Chino XL and this dude named Quest the Mad Lad. And they were working on Sir Mix-a-Lot, right? So he's like, send him down to the office. So I go down to the office and I walk in there and it's, it's uh, this other legend that's running the place. His name is Mark Dadia. Shout out to Mark Dadia. He's in there, bro. They're playing office hockey in the spot. And I go meet my guy and he says, hey, oh, motorcycle, sorry. He goes, hey, uh, we're working on this DJ Cool project, right? 
and you and the rest of the interns here have to do the promo items, right? And the promo items are they've gone to Costco and they got these rolled up things, these uh, Halsman Taliptus drops, right? All in packs because it's let me clear my throat, right? And so they have these other things that we're supposed to tape around them that make it DJ Cool lozenges, right? DJ Cool lozenges. So we end up doing that shit for three months, bro. And that's how I ended up getting on at the company. I end up staying there after everybody's gone and I end up uh, closing the office when Rick Rubin left to go to to back to Sony from Warner. Um, and that, that the office is actually around the corner from you guys down the street. Uh, remember where uh, it's down by the Whole Foods. It's uh yes. Yeah. Big oh, tall, well, yeah. Yeah. The record labels are right there. Yeah. Yep. By and, uh, Chris and all that. Now, uh, mm -hmm. uh, not Nickelodeon. Uh, NBC is right over there, I think. Yeah. Well, it's, it's right. Like if you're coming past the studios on the right hand side and there's that big brown building, it's that big brown building that's right before the bridge. Right. When you're coming over uh, past Warner. But it was at the top floor that we closed that down. And I ended up going back and I, did, I couldn't get a job back in the industry for like a year and a half. And uh, I ended up running back into a, a mutual friend of ours named Kate Miller, who was working as video commissioner at Capitol Records. And she was like, why don't you come be my assistant? And I did that for four years. So in 2000, 2004, we did all the music videos for Capitol and EMI and stuff there producing. So it was like everything from Jay's Addiction. You know, we, we didn't get to touch the London stuff much, but Radiohead, Coldplay, Nora Jones, uh, West Side Connection, Snoop Dogg, Yellow Card, you know, I, I could keep going, but, you know, it was capital at, at that time. And then I got a call from a friend who was, who had gone to manage Ruben Stutter. Um, mm. I called her just checking in one day and she was like, hey, give me a call, come down here, go manage Ruben Stutter. You should write, manage Ruben Stutter. And I was like, the karaoke dude? No, I don't know about that. Come on, man. I, don't, I'm not, I work at a label. Come on, man. I'm not the label. I don't have to go show i don't even know about that show we laugh at that show welcome uh, to the new culture yeah yeah i go down there and meet and that doesn't work out but they go hey look you know about sets and cameras and stuff would you mind being down at the set where we shoot the show we don't have presence here we're just moving to the country we want to have a presence down in production but we also want to get you know involved with 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 the kids and be there early and i was like okay what's my job it's just like go down there and make friends and that started uh the american idol journey in 2005 four i want to say and that was season three Jennifer Hudson, Fantasia, uh, and that tour was, I think, where I met you, right? Oh, no, I didn't go on that tour. I it didn't was go the on one that before. Tour. It was the one right I after, went on the one that. after that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah. that that tour, I didn't go on that tour because I went on the audition tour, which was gnarly. But um, my job was basically uh, management rep and uh, head of talent for the show. So that means um, management rep is, you know, I, I would manage the kids as they came through the process, right? So... You know, we go get the top 30 or whatever, top 40. We go, well, actually, I have to start the process from the beginning. So the beginning of the process really starts the week after the show ends. And we are all in stadiums, right? Like they send 40 people across the country to the stadiums and do the whole break a break a fire, crack a ray, American Idol thing, right? And so there's tables down there. And I was part of the uh, the, the A&R side of that. You know what I mean? So there's A&R people and there's... Uh, television people and optimally you'd like to have one of those people at each table making sure that you're getting a good overall representation of everybody going through the process right mm -hmm. and i mean there's people that she signed the kings of leon and she, he signed adele and every i mean there's yeah. some serious heavyweights like on our team you know um uh, chris Oglesby, shout out to him too in, in nashville and everybody there yeah, um, and uh who is that that woman that we both worked with we really we really got on all of us we would hang out i can't remember she was or leanne phelan say it again Leanne Phelan? I, I think so. Yeah. And she signed quite a few big artists. 
Yeah. She's yeah, that's her. Yeah. 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 She's the one that like yeah. groomed Kings and, you know, all, yeah, that's heavy it. duty. So, so, yeah. you know, we had a, a great A&R team there and basically it was just to try to get as many of the best people as we could, you know, our job on the, on the 19 side, not the Fox or the television side, but on the 19 side, we were trying to find Elvis, man. It was all about making great records and great music. You which know? I have to interject, 19, for those who don't know, it's 19 Entertainment, which was uh, is basically a management firm, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, Simon and, Fuller, yeah. Right, so si it's Simon Fuller's company. Now, weren't you the vice president for talent? Yeah. For 19? Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, well, thanks, man. And um, it was, it was, that, that job was a rocket ship. And that part of the job was basically, um, you know, while I had production responsibilities and, you know, budgets and stage and that kind of stuff and logistics, I also was, uh, you know, in charge of picking them, grooming them, signing them, you know, getting them ready for the tour, doing a brief on what kind of records we we're doing like that. I was literally from the moment they got to Hollywood week, they belonged to 19. You know what I mean? And they basically had a manager like anybody else would going over everything and trying to figure out ways. I couldn't advise them on stuff that was going on with the show, but it was more about making them understand that this was a bigger thing and that they'd be running into you in four months. Like, sing this stuff here, but you're going to be there with pros and on the tour and getting ready. You know what I mean? Like, know that this is a bigger thing and let's start talking about a record because we have to have it out by November, you know, and you're going to be jumping back and forth recording. So we do the audition process, you know, we go through all the stadiums, there's two or three rounds of that. And that takes a few months. And then uh, around Christmas time, they bring like the top 400 or so back to Hollywood week and they just start whittling them down. And that's when you see them staying up all night and doing the dancing and blah, 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 cutting them. All that stuff's important though. What people don't understand is um, you're going to throw, I, like, you know how scary it is to throw people up in front of 30 million people. Right. So you gotta, you gotta make sure they're not going to die. You know what I mean? Like, you, and, they, and they're like 15, 16, 17, 18. They're young. Yeah. yeah. And they only got like, and, and, and say it's Bee Gees week, right? Yeah. And you don't, you're 16 years old and you don't know no Bee Gees songs, but we're doing Staying Alive. And maybe you kind of heard it, but you got to learn the lyrics and do a dance number and, in and, one and a half days. Like, what? Like, and you got to know your song. You know what I mean? Like, so you got your song to sing, but even it gets deeper than that. So they have to learn two versions of the song. So, they learn the performance version, which is a minute and 20 seconds, but then they have to do the iTunes version, which we started selling later, which is a full on mm -hmm. production, you know? So it's, it was a gnarly process. And I got, I got to, you know, I got to be involved in designing this, this, the, the logistics around how that worked with iTunes. So I got to see that be born, you know, and that whole process around that. Cause you know, all the inside stuff we had to do with that. And when that came around it, text voting, man, like all that came around through idol. Right. Um, I worked you know, on just, a few of those iTunes releases uh, when that was big, a big deal. But yeah, I remember that because we're the, cranking those, right? It was an album a week. Yeah, it was literally an album, an album a week. Yeah, and uh, between the live show with Ricky Minor and all those cats, and then the recordings, man, talking about a, a production monster, you know, two live shows a week too. Like it was bananas. It was bananas. And and remember, those are the like when, by the time it gets to the top twenty-four, those are the most famous people in the country for that period of time, right? So. When they leave the show, the person that leaves the show goes on a full-on press tour that's bigger than any movie junket that you would see. Like Brad Pitt gets for, you know, Interstellar or whatever. Yeah. The person that gets kicked off the show goes to New York. They do Regis and Kelly and they do all those shows. Good Morning America. They do a satellite media tour internationally. It's like a full-on week of full-on press for the loser. 
not the, I mean, you can't call them losers because they're non-winners. You don't want to say those things. The runner-up. <laughs> yeah, you just can't call them losers, you know, per Fox standards and practices. That's oh, of course. So, nobody's a loser. Come on. Nobody's a loser. Um, but yeah, that 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 process, man, and there's so many things like, so, you know, Fantasia comes off the show. Part of my management rep responsibilities was, you know, we've been together for four months now, five months. I have to hand you off to someone else. Yeah. But it's not just, oh, you know, it's like, hey, let me be around. Oh, you're filming your first video. You, you're in studio. So I'm like transitioning that. Also going back on the road with you. Right. Remember when I would fly in and out? Yeah. I'd be flying in and out to go either be with, uh, you know, Bo and recording. Right. And me oh, and five in New York doing that stuff. Right. That's right. Be, we leave the tour, go do that for a day, come back, do, do the, the, the date. And then I'd have to fly back to the audition tour. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was just a, that was an ill time, man. It was, it, and it was the best Dude, thing ever. Bro, you were a rock star. You were, you were living the rock star life because you were a rock star managing rock stars. So, I mean, that's that's a difficult position to be in. People think it's all, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Nah, <laughs> man. It's, it's te- it was, I mean, look, I'm not gonna say like I'm not gonna be a a, a dumbass and be like we didn't do nothing, man. I worked my head. Like no, <laughs> the reality of it is, you know, we worked really hard and we played really hard, right? But right. the 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 thing is, is like I don't think people understand what a tour is like. No, you know what I mean. Like I don't think I don't think people understand the grind of being on a tour. It's a whole other level. You know what I mean? That's, like that's really, what I want this episode to focus on. I have to interject because all this information you're putting down is so amazing. Like I, you know, we, we got to unpack some of it because there's so yeah, I feel like I'm just like, bleh, bleh, yeah, no, bleh, it's bleh. good. It's good. But there's so many rich morsels of information here that we could tap into. And I really want it to be an open forum. So, you know, David, please chime in Eric, you know, everybody, because look, the, the bottom line is I'm sitting here with two other, ve- I'm a veteran of the music industry and I'm sitting with two other veterans of the entertainment industry. Okay, and we got a fresh one coming up right behind us who's taking notes. So you you got four people that really know what the fuck is going on. In the <laughs> Not only do we know what the fuck is going on currently, but we know what the fuck went on and we know how the hell we got on. And mm-hmm. that's what I want to teach to the young generation coming up. Listen. If you live in Idaho or fucking Zimbabwe and you want to come to L.A. to make it in the entertainment industry, you need to listen to people who've come before you and have been successful. Right. So when you said, sorry, I got on my soapbox. Nah, when man, you come said, on. When Preach. you said people don't know what a tour is like, that's what mm. I want to unfold. for. Yeah, let's Whoa. talk about it. They, it's always looked at like they always look at our jobs as glamorous and i'm not gonna say they're not glamorous yo right. it's, it's it's not that it's uh, you know you're on a set somewhere or you you do a thing somewhere and it's it's dope but I, the thing i always remind people is like everybody got a job and everybody earns dollars right so you earn your dollar everybody knows how hard it is to earn a dollar and what that means just because that person has a million dollars doesn't mean they did anything less for the dollar mm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't get easier. Like, hey, you know, when you got a hundred thousand, right. you just do half the shit and more money comes. And then you get a million, you just sit at home and you get, you stay rich part. No, 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 no. <laughs> the, the reality of it is, is most people wouldn't be able to handle these schedules, yo. That, yeah. That's the, yeah. that's the reality. Yeah. You know, that's the schedules the, that we have are stupid. Like, what's yeah. a set day for you, Dave? What's a set day? Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. 
I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well... I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything factor meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's 24 hours. I mean, when I started, man, I, I started as a PA in music videos. And again, you know, going back to, you know, uh, Nomad's 100th episode, which is amazing, like him talking about how unglamorous it is to come up through the music industry and it's the same thing i mean i think any creative industry or i mean i mean most industries are probably there's a there's a dark side and i don't know dark doesn't have to be so deep and dark but i'm just saying like you know for me coming up as a pa it was that exact grind man i mean 24 like a, when you were getting paid for a day in music videos then it was no joke like it was an actual day like 24 hours wow my second day as a pa on a music video was 37 hours long obviously that went into the next day <laughs> but, um, you know, again, I got, I got lucky and got a cool break with, a with a friend of a friend, one of my roommates, um, in college who started PAing with one of his high school friends, whose daughter, uh, who was the daughter of this big music video director, Wayne Isham. And he's still a good friend. And funny enough, my, another friend of mine introduced his daughter to, and he's married to Wayne's daughter. And anyway, it's just a whole crazy thing, but yeah, man, those music video days with, you know, I worked with like Dave Myers and Chris Robinson and Wayne Isham and Mark Romanek. And there's all these big music video directors like the late 90s, early 2000s. And we literally slept on set, man. And that was the hustle. And we were excited. Like I was okay. ecstatic to sleep on the couch at Video Village and wake up the next day. Well, how about, like how about they're right next to you, though? They're yeah, right next no to doubt. You, That's the no thing. Doubt. Like, it's the director, no the dude that's getting yeah. the moon, man, is sleep. He's on the other couch. Bro. Yeah, yeah. He's working. It's yeah, just, just did. Wait a minute. I love it. Joe throws in some references that if you don't really pay attention, you don't know. Joe said the dude getting the moon man. That means mm. the moon man statue from the MTV Awards. If yeah. you don't really pay attention, you're going to miss these. All right. I got to. I yeah. got to. I got to. Yeah, my bad. I got to. Yeah. I love it. No. But that's it, man. It, it is very unglamorous. And I actually, you know, for speaking of the touring stuff, I mean, I did a lot of that, too, because. I, if, if we went to my, I mean, again, I don't know the amount of time we have oh, go please. back to the history and whatever, but I mean, I'm a music fan from the get go. By no means do I have any of this cool stories like Joe. I don't, I don't know this list of characters that he knows in music, but I'm a, I'm a big fan of music, I'm, you know, from my parents' influence from like oldies and Motown and all that kind of stuff. So I got really into music as a kid and um, it was really interesting that I ended up, you know, I started out in like snowboarding and skateboarding is how I started shooting stuff. And that's how I got into, you know, interested in video and film and stuff, but um, it was interesting that I jumped into music and that was because my college roommate was one of the, one of the, was the bass player for yellow card. 
And that was just kind of like, oh, I'm here. Let's let's do it. And I got cameras and stuff, and we just started shooting. So that was like, you know, going back into like the EPK days, which there's another little thing probably got to describe what that is. But like EPKs and bonus DVDs were a thing back in the day because there was no YouTube and there was no social media. And, you know, like you got to see a glimpse of your band when you bought the record because you got a DVD that went with it, you know, and like nice. something that happened a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it just stands for electronic press kit which right. like you said basically now you don't need it because there's so many other platforms yeah it's called a website that people that's don't like, even use anymore yeah like what tiktok <laughs> it's on your instagram youtube yeah ig yeah <laughs> yeah but to speak to that hustle on the on tour man like i spent a lot of time on tour bus with some of these bands and you know uh man it's it's fun you know what when I was 22, it was awesome. Mm -hmm. I actually, yeah. in 2016, I went on tour with Yellow Card for their like final tour and shot a music video. <clears throat> and it sucked because I was like 40, 39 or some 38, 39, whatever that was. What that? I guess I was, <laughs> I, was, I was 38, 37. Too old to be on a bus. Right. Yeah. And I was like, man, this was not like I remember it. Because <laughs> it's a grind, man. I mean, yep. you know, you smell everybody, you're sharing <laughs> space. And at that point, I'm like married and kids and house. And I'm like, yeah. I don't want to do this, but it was cool <laughs> for a week. I did yeah, man. I could fly but, in to Southwest but, boarding up. And <laughs> yeah, but that tour life is uh, that tour life's a grind, but it's fun when you're young, for yeah. sure. That's right. Well, but man, that is so funny that you brought that up. And first of all, you're you're huge involved in music, bro. You just did something really big in in the Bay Area for Metallica. Uh, was mm. it last year? When was that? You that was 2019. It. 2019 yeah we were doing the Husto palooza at our neighbor's house and yeah saying, yeah i'm going to do this huge shoot for metallica talk about that yeah so that that's actually funny because that was like kind of recircling back with wayne isham again so uh this was less like you know some a project that was all mine but i was involved in at a different levels in different ways but um yeah so in 2009 i think it was 2009 metallica did the what is it called snm right uh symphony and metallica mm -hmm. is what that stands for and wayne isham directed that back in the day and i can't remember where they shot it so the 20-year reunion for that was 2019 and they did it again with this with the uh with the san francisco symphony and what was really cool about it was they did that show the first those, they did two nights a friday and a sunday and that was the first shows ever done at the chase center in san francisco right there on the bay like right there by the water like near the embarcadero but um yeah man so that that was really cool so so wayne invited me to be a part of that and had some production side to that but also as a, as a cameraman and as, as a vendor and you know getting all the other business stuff that we do but um yeah man it was really amazing weekend because uh me wayne and some other a couple other like a small crew were there for like a week shooting documentary footage with the band all over san francisco up in san rafael at headquarters for metallica and I mean, I'm, I've always been a big fan. Like my brothers are total like stoner metalheads. So when I grew up, I was like getting thrown in a dark room with Ozzy Osbourne and they were freaking the shit out of me. And that was like, <laughs> so my brothers influenced my metal side of things that I really like, you know, anyway, but, um, yeah, man, that was amazing. Like being part of that show, it was like such a, like, you know, kind of a historical event. I think maybe later, later days, it will be kind of a thing to look back on for Metallica, but, uh, man, that was awesome. Like, uh the headquarters just hanging out with the with metallica being at that show the end it was cool man so so yeah that was that was so a lot of fun let's talk about let's talk about your guys's positions now joe basically you're a, a manager a full-time manager correct 
Uh, uh, or do you I, mean, I know you don't like I, that I, word, actually. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I manage. I, well, it's it's kind of weird, man. I, I, I do have music clients that I manage. Yes. Okay. Um, but my approach is a little bit different, but it's management. But I would say um, that's a piece of what I do for sure. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm a manager. Fuck it. What uh, would be, God, what damn it, I said it. <laughs> is that what you wanted me to say? I'm afraid, all right? <laughs> but you're also a creator. And that's and I think that's where I'm going with this because David, what is your if you had to put a title on what you do, what would that be? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny, man. Joe always busts my balls because I'm the worst self-promoter. This is really hard for me. But you know, in just saying what it is, I have a production company and a rental business. Uh, the president at, at the production company side, I'm a producer and a director of photography. Okay. So, um, yeah, you know, I run the company and then, you know, some of our projects and other projects I go out as a, as a cinematographer. Um, sometimes I'm hired separately from our company, but, um, those are my roots in camera. So you're coming the, up through the ranks of that, but yeah. You're the CEO of your own production company. You're the director of photography, DP. You're a mm -hmm. content producer. You're a cinematographer. Yeah. Joe, yeah. you're a manager. You're a consultant because, boy, you consult me all the time. And, <laughs> uh, you're a content creator. You're, you know, you're a media generator. I mean, so all these different things. I guess what I'm getting at is here, you know, somebody has a dream. They want to do what you guys do. Mm -hmm. How the hell do they do it? How the hell do they start? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, how did you start? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the, the thing, the thing that, the thing that people, that, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you asked that question. Cause you're a virtuoso, uh -huh. right? And, and, and people don't understand the level and time it takes to get to that. You know what I mean? Like, so all they see is you on a tour bus, you face, you got the, you're doing the back with the, the guitar face and you're on the stage. And everybody's like, dude, that dude's rad. They didn't see when your fingers was bleeding or the 15 years you had to practice before that. And everybody just discounts that. Like, that's, oh, well, shit. I just want to do what you do. It's like, bro, I can't tell you how to love something that much. That's the reality. That's the thing that I've kind of run into is mm -hmm. everybody wants to know how you do it. Like, what, what did you do? It's like, I don't, I can't do nothing else. That's like, right. I'm just doing what yeah. I do. And, and I'm doing that to death. Man, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Found. Yeah, yeah. If 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 you don't love this like I do, there's no way you're gonna do it. In the same way that I can't, I'm not gonna go Navy SEAL better than Jocko. Jocko wants to go out there and give motherfuckers the business. I'm not in that. You know what I'm saying? Like right. I, I just want to make music and shit. You know what I mean? Like to one of our homies, Jocko Wilnick, who uh, he's not my personal homie, but I I look I love him. I look up to him. He's a badass Navy SEAL dude. I totally agree. But it's that same type of mentality. Mm -hmm. You got to apply it to yours, right? Mm -hmm. And and it's funny, yeah. man. Like I have like these beacons, like him, Goggins, right? David Goggins, Goggins Steel. They love those. Who's going to carry the boats and the logs, right? It's <laughs> like I'm not going to carry no boat, right? I got you, bro. But it's, I got my boat right here. I'm carrying this shit to the spot, right? It's going to be you know I mean? like this going to be okay. Like I get you. I, I you know I'm changing. The, I got the paradigm. You know, I what I'm saying I got up you. His laptop. <laughs> He's on the laptop the boat. I love. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> but you know, you can apply that to your own thing. And I think people just really need to take the time to find, that's a cliche shit. Well, what are you passionate about? Right. What's the thing that you're passionate about? Uh, bro, you, you're going to do, you're going to do what you do, right? The thing you spend your time on is where is that's, somebody's going to be asking you like, wow, 
you bake those brownies. Oh my God, you punch people in the face. John Jones, you're amazing, right? Conor McGregor, when you start, you're right? It's like, yeah, you have to love something so you do it 20 hours a day and you'll be badass. That's it. Yeah. 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 It, it is. It, it, it's weird, man. I almost feel like an old, an old dude. I remember getting preached that same stuff. It's like, it's like all these like really, you know, these cliches, follow your heart, follow your passion, find something you love. You'll never work a day in your life, like all that kind of stuff. But it's like, right. I don't know that I got there as easily as maybe I feel like Nomad listening to your episode, man. I feel like you got there early. Like you knew what you wanted to do. It seemed like to me. It, it did kind of transpire. Yeah. Early. I, I, um, but here's the story that I always tell and real quick, you know, I first, I got my first guitar and the teacher was teaching me, Mary had a little lamb, literally da, 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 on the first two strings within the first three frets. I'm like, yo, this is not for me. So I literally took the guitar, put it in the case, slid it under the bed. Electric guitar. <laughs> the first three up at the top? No, no. The first three frets. Are the, uh, oh, way down hands. here. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. okay. It's not for me lame. My dad always noodled on the guitar. He was always finger picking playing, you know, Dan Fogelberg, uh, Jim Croce, uh, all these cool folk, you know, uh, yeah. Creedence Clearwater. Yeah, he can play too? That's dope. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he can play. God bless your soul, Pop. Thank you, man. He, he gave me the gift. And then I would always, my mom would be like, are you going to play guitar like your dad? And I'd be like, no, no, no. I Anyway, then I saw Eddie Van Halen on MTV. Literally, I had the, you know, the musician's equivalent of a wet dream. Like, what? <laughs> like, you could do that with guitar? Like, holy shit, I had no idea. Right. I went, I literally ran to my room, pulled the electric guitar out, opened it up, get the little amp, plugged it in. It was this little Fender student starter kit. And I started playing, but it didn't have the distortion sound. It didn't have the rock and roll sound because there was no distortion on the amp and I didn't have a pedal. I literally go to my dad, dad, this doesn't sound like Eddie on TV. Will you take me to the guitar store? He's like, let's go. Jumped in the car, went down to the guitar store, got a distortion pedal plugged in. I was like, oh, that's it. Found my calling. I was 12 years old. Done. Damn. Fine yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so so yeah. i that's how it that just made me happy homie. Yeah. that just like that just made my heart warm and shit like that's i'm not cool. even kidding you that's that's the story you want to hear right there bro. yeah like, like yeah. he heard it yeah. like it called you they said you yeah. now the thing yeah, is man. and the other the other side you have to tell people is look i never made it to eddie van halen status eddie again god rest his soul you know to my heroes my original hero my dad and my guitar hero eddie my original guitar hero both passed recently and you know but eddie was a guitar god he is a guitar god i never made it to that status but what i did make was a career for myself and that's what i'm trying to tell people can I offer a slightly different philosophical perspective there? <laughs> I think too many times we get caught up in this business on the levels of success and impact mm. when really um, when you picked up that guitar, you were just trying to impact the guitar like Eddie. You mm. weren't thinking about his millions of dollars or him being the rock star. You just wanted to do that sound, right? And what you've done is you you may not think you're that Eddie, but you are Eddie. You're just nomad. It's not Eddie. You're a nomad. And you're the nomadest nomad of nomads. And that's the thing. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's the real, like, you sound like you. Eddie sounds, Eddie, Eddie's out, right? And as a musician, isn't that the goal? Like, when you pick up an instrument, you want to be able to speak with it. Like, I can proficiently communicate with this thing, right? And whether a billion people hear it, whether three people hear it, Really, it's about you and that love and that time that you've put into that. That's put you where you are today. And you never know when, like I always say, like Van Gogh, bro. Van Gogh died without knowing anybody loved any of his shit. Man. Mm -hmm. 
You didn't sell one yeah. painting. Wow. That, that right? heavy stuff right there. Mm -hmm. it, and, and, you know, the thing I try to, to, for creatives, like, you know, Dave and I have been working on a, a creative platform. One of the things that we preach in, in trying to get people to a, po a point where they're like, yo, it's, it's freeing yourself. You know, you want to be able to say, hey, look, all that stuff aside, what am I trying to make? Right. How about start there? Like everybody's always wondering, like, ooh, what I'll do is when I when I make the water bottle, it'll be blue. It'll have stuff on the top. It'll have green things. The commercial, the song, the song will go like this. The dude will be dancing, and all the people will drink it. Right? You're like, what does it taste like, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you? Is it yeah. good water? I'll drink it. Right? Good that, product. It. Yeah. 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 And, and I think as, as creatives, we get we we get blinded by those other things. And really, at this stage of my life, I I I. I I find myself gravitating back to the things I love about what we do. I had no idea I was going to end up here when I was making beats on that SP-12. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But when I was making the beats on the SP-12, I've never been happier. That's right. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and you know, when you, when you finally got the squeal or you got the elephant noise from Eddie, yeah. how'd that feel, bro? You can't recreate that. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. And that's the part that if I was going to tell somebody – you know, hey, how did you get to where you are? That's the stuff I miss. Mm -hmm. That's the stuff that got me here. That's the stuff I want to recreate to get me to where I'm going. And that's the stuff you forget you did. Right? Yeah. It's oh. almost like that little kid that was doing that. You don't even remember because I got to make some money. I don't have time for that shit. Nobody's got time for that, right? So it's true. Like, no, my no, no, wife no, no. Always That's how you got there. Yeah, she always reminds me of what you just said. She's like, whoa, whoa, slow down. Take stock of what you did. Even David, what you just said, you know, uh, I, I'm not good at, you know, uh, promoting myself. It's not even about promoting yourself, but look at the shit you've done already. And and for some reason, it's always easier for your buddies to do it, right? Or you know, if for you, sure. If your spouse does it, or or your your parents or your siblings, you kind of you, you don't take it with the same weight because you think they're biased, right? But yeah. if a homie does it, you're like. Oh shit, man! Thank you. I never thought of that. Does everybody see yeah. now why I call Joe to get consults all the time? Please, can we have? Can we give a hand for Joe's <laughs> consulting services? <laughs> thank you, thank you, man. thank you. It's true. It's true. I appreciate so, it, man. So tell us. Well, I appreciate you. Tell us more about this thing that you and David and Joe you're building together because you guys both were in my studio somewhere a year or so, a little more than a year ago before COVID. Mm -hmm. Man. Tell that, was that long ago. I know. Ate that whole year up. Wow. I know. Yeah. And you yeah. guys were talking about all the things that you're building, and some of the shit was really cool, man. I mean, all of it is really cool. So, is it yeah. is anything? Uh, is anything in the works? You know, what what are you guys currently doing in that fashion? Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, kind of like what the what the premise is behind behind it. The idea of you know taking. You know, you. I think what we found is there's a lot of, of people in the creative industry, and that's that's kind of what we're focusing on is is, is creators that are um, musicians and artists and creative people that, for the most part, are are gigging. And I mean, I said maybe that's more of a music term, but you know, getting a job here or there, whatever. And you know, even if it's just like a you know a sound guy who's doing a a job here or there, it's like how do you take that and turn your craft and your skill and your creativity into a business that's more long lasting than just one job to the next. Right. And so it's a pro it's a program and a process of going through that development and discovery of, um, you know, how to like really turn your, what you're doing, your creative skills into something bigger than just a job next week and the following week, you know? 
Yeah. See, so that's Joe, Joe, Joe probably has a lot. Was a lot more. Well, no, I'm just going to add on to yeah, that. Yeah. I was yeah. just going to add. That was perfect. I was just going to add. Like, it's just basically to put it to encapsulate. It's just basically taking a whole bunch of superheroes, right? Who and people that are doers already, and giving them the CEO brush up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. these are the tools. Since you've been in the lab and and you've mastered what you've mastered, you didn't have the time to go understand what a process of create creative ideation is or how to find mm -hmm. a process of actually you know finding legitimate business opportunities or identifying clients or you know perpetuating uh profit any of these things that and you know business people mbas get this stuff all the time creatives don't learn it until it's too late that's right right or or until and yeah. then you have to stop what you're doing go get an mba for two years now you're not creative it's, and it's just like this whole gap of not being able to generate businesses longevity and you know perpetuate profit throughout your career you know like like it's, it's the other it's literally the other side of what you're talking about so like once they get to the point what we're what we're doing is we're trying to get them to the point where they are can you can take them you know what I'm saying like okay now I have the foundation here now he can tell me how I can make this a career and do these things you know what I mean because right. there's stuff that you have to do to shore up to get here you know there's preparation oh. that has to be done to get here, to even start. You can't just show up at the Olympics. Like I can't go, I can't go try for the Lakers with a hot layup. You know what I'm saying? Like it's they, I gotta get, I gotta get the gym key. You know what I mean? And we, this is more gym key stuff. You yeah. know, this is more prep, you know, understand P and L's. Like you do realize that, like how to identify that that's not even an industry you should be messing with, right? right? Is, is this a want for you or are you trying to make a business? You know what I mean? Is this I'll a feature or is this a, a business? Hi, this is Joe Willis, and you are listening to the Career Musician Podcast with my main man, Nomad. Hey, this is Dave Garcia, and you're listening to the Career Musician with Nomad. Go behind the scenes with host Nomad to gain inside knowledge of entertainment business from the world's leading musicians, artists, producers, managers, and more. Being a career musician is more than just gigs and sessions. Are you a career musician? Find out on the Career Musician Podcast, streaming everywhere. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals, uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. 
Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash Pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. I always say business acumen is something that lacks in the, in the musician community. Yeah. So that's what I, I try to teach that with, with career musicians. Um, hence the term itself. Look, I have one question. When is our JV coming? When are we doing a joint venture here? Because uh, man, it sounds like we're our almost venture. done, man. We're almost yeah. done. Like what we're, what we've been doing is it, 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 we've, we've, man, this is before I try to talk too fast, but it's been such a blessing having incredible friends that are doing so many cool things. You know what I mean? Um, and what we're doing now is we're just inviting people that want to start, like people that want to start some, like I call you all the time and say, Hey, you're kicking ass, bro. Like a <laughs> hundred episodes. I'm like, how the hell? I'll be like, ask yo, how do, how did you do this? Tell me what you're doing. And we have a good network of people that are not ready for that hundred episodes yet, but trying to figure out what they're going to make episodes of. Right. And it's just trying to build a foundation for them to get to the point where they can freely just say, Hey, this is what I'm doing. And these are the things I need to be doing it. Right. We're almost done. We we're, we're right now. We're just helping some friends out, but there's some pretty high level friends and they've got some pretty cool things. We're still trying to figure out, you know, do we make this big? Do we, how do we module it? You know, you know, the process you went through of how you're actually going to display this information, you know? Right. Um, and right now it's just, uh, it's like a little private dojo of all the homies. You know what I mean? Like everybody just comes through and, I mean, you're part of it. it. We haven't all the things that we've put in the program. We discuss daily, bro. When, whenever we talk, it's all that. But it, we just haven't shown you the worksheets or the the exercises around it. And there are worksheets and exercises around these things to help, you know, get the information and stuff you need. And hopefully at the end of the process, what we're doing is we have 10 modules and you go through those 10 modules and it, it directly applies to a company deck. So as you answer these questions and you go through this information and you get this stuff and you put it all together, in a perfect world, you're able to just take these things and put them in the deck because if it fits as you answer these questions, you now have your 10 page Airbnb. I can go get my money. You know what I mean? Right. And you, you've done all the work. You have all the information, done all the research, and it's all encapsulated in that beautiful deck that you can walk around and get your money with. And you now know your business. And the process is really just making you an expert. Right. It's just really like. How bad do you want to do this? Well, you have to overstand this stuff. Not understand it. Go be the number one cupcake making ass cupcake cake making cake maker. You know what I'm saying? So I love, that's, that's I, really, I love yeah. how you, you say overstand, not understand. I love that one, man. Yeah, man. I got that. That's some I stole I stole that from this cat that got back from jail one time, man. Like <laughs> I think that's some jail shit, but it stuck with me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's really it's, for me, that's a visual. You know what I mean? Like, if I understand it, I'm kind of like, hmm, that's interesting. If I overstand it, I've mastered that shit. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing I don't see here. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's I'm very visual with my cues. And th those kind of things help me to, to remember, like, yo, understanding it is kind of like, okay, it's doing what it's doing. Like, mm-mm. Mm. We're controlling that shit. We, we know how to move that thing, you know? I was going to ask you both. I, I always ask all my guests, uh, you know, some words of wisdom 
But Joe, that right there, you just laid down some words of wisdom. Uh, that's beautiful. So, and then I also asked my guests, how do you define success? Uh, yeah, so <laughs> let's, let's go there for a minute. Dave, what do you think about that? Well, you know what, man? For me, it has nothing to do with my career. So I don't know if how if that's profound or what that means to anybody else, but I'll just speak for myself. But it was actually really weird for me in like my mid-20s to have this thought of having a family and um, influencing children. To me, that was where I was like, oh, you know what, man? This career stuff is cool. But to me, the success is like me having a successful family and producing children that go out there and contribute. And so I know this is way off topic because it has nothing to do with career for me. So perfect. Yeah. Anyway, that that to me is success. I mean, yeah, we want to talk about business. I still feel the same way. It's like something that you're happy doing, that you're inspired by, something that keeps you getting up in the morning and being excited to do it. And whether that's, you know, I'm not even going to say what people would would consider a a lowly or uh un, you know like a not glamorous role but like you can be happy doing anything if that's what you're really into and you know i'm, I'm not going to say what that is that's for you to decide so right. um to me it's like just being happy where you are you know and like really really true and happy is like you know you could go on forever for the categories to define what that means but um i'm happy with both man like i really am i feel really lucky where i'm at with things on both sides career and family Man, Dude, I think I a love lot of young musicians like my age and even younger who are coming up uh, need to hear that because we all talk about how how difficult the music industry is, every part of it, or the entertainment industry in general. And it's yeah. so difficult that you have to not only commit to it, but it like it consumes you, right? And then when you get yeah. a question like this, like what how do you define success? It's so easy to just go down that business road. Well, what is Mm. to me and then you just completely went left and you're just like ah fuck business mm. yeah like, real shit is yeah yeah for sure <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah man no I, you know and it goes back to um kind of that corny shit i feel like you hear from your counselor in high school like follow yeah maybe i don't know mine did follow your heart do something you love yeah but and the money will come you know if the money's important to you whatever but like yeah, man, I think it's really hard to just chase some shit that you're not into just for the money because you, you just wear yourself out, in my opinion. I feel like there's a lot of people that are just really unhappy because they're in some shit that they just were chasing something they thought they wanted. And and I kind of turned in different directions creatively, too, man, where, you know, like I started out in this business. I was like, I'm going to be a director. And that was what I chased. I was a PA. I got in. I was like, I loved it. And I was like, man, I'm, I want to be that dude in that chair at the monitor calling the shots and being creative. And, and I did that for a minute and I did some commercials and I you know, had some music videos on MTV and shit. And it was just like, I don't really like this position, man. This is like a full, in that role as a director, depending on, there's there's a variety of different ways that can happen. But it felt very much, I felt very uh, much like a puppet. Wow. And um, I wasn't happy with the process. You know what I mean? Like that creative process was not fulfilling for me, even though I, I love creating and I love, it was, I mean, honestly, it was really exciting to me the first time I, like really got a video that went on MTV. Like that was like, whoa, this is fucking cool. But that's ego. That's stupid. When you can really get past that and go, wait, wait, did I actually really enjoy this? Or was I just like, that was just for my ego. And I was like, oh, that was cool. But then, you know, that wears off. It's like a new toy. And uh, I realized like, it, I, I did get the bug when you write a treatment, you have something in your head 
And then you go on set and you execute it. And then the end product, you're like, whoa, that's what I thought of. Like two months ago, I was thinking about that. And we just made that. And you're like, whoa, that's cool. That's exciting. But then the rest of the process fucking sucked. And I was like, I'm cool. I like making images. I'm going to keep doing that because that's cool. I I make the image. I love it. I walk away. I don't think about it anymore. And I don't have to be dictated by all these other things. The director has to tend to all the that business side of things and the client side and all that stuff. So um, anyway, man, I think we were on the happiness thing, but getting back to the counselor thing, man, there's something really impactful about that, man. Just following your heart and following something that you really enjoy. Cause then you don't get up in the morning and you're like, damn, I got to go to work. Ugh, I've never done that ever at least. And I chose not to be in an office, you know, like I, I found that out early, man. I think that was one piece of advice that I got. That was really nice was or really good and really important that I got, uh, can't even remember where the hell it was, but it was go out there and do a bunch of shit and find out what you don't like and what you don't want to do and what you're miserable doing. So, you know, to stay away from that. And I did that when I got out of college because I was like, oh, I want to make some money when I did this businessy type shit. And I was like, oh, this is terrible. This is not me. This is, I felt like a total fraud doing it. And I was like, all right, I just want to go and do creative shit. And I did. And I found a way and it worked out. So, but maybe I was lucky too. I don't know. <laughs> you know? So anyway, find this- me a broke master, bro. A what? Find find me a broke master. Like yeah. I am a fucking sensei. I I fucking ginsu knife everything, and I'm broke. I want to find that guy. It doesn't exist. That's the reality, right? It's yeah. it's it's really. Are you dedicated to mastering something? You know, are you dedicating? Yep. Are you dedicated to becoming a fucking badass of mm-hmm. whatever it is, right? Because yep. the badasses work. You know, badasses work. They find a way. If they get fired, they get rehired somewhere. Say that. They get fired again, again. They build something. You know what that I'm saying? Like work. That's grit, man. That's what it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. It ain't gonna stop me. I don't. And 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 ultimately, winners you know, win. I, winners win, man. And or or they lose and get the fuck back up. That's cool. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like like yep. how many times I've been knocked the fuck out? I, I, my, I I'm like Nate Diaz in this bitch. I got 14 losses, but I'm <laughs> yeah, fighting kind of McGregor next, and he better watch the fuck out. That's all I know. In this yeah. Bitch. Uh, you know yep. what I'm saying? Like that's 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 our business, and some you you're gonna get the biggest wins. It's gonna be like this is amazing. Oh my god, a private plane! It ain't my private plane. Right. Then you realize that was your ego, right? Or even yeah. if you you get to a point, you realize it's a private plane, and then you're like, yo, how much does he pay for that private plane? And you're looking at his face, you're like, damn, I don't need that shit. I just my coach. I got to yeah. tell you this story. I love that. This happened to me. This very same thing you're talking about. I was uh, with David Foster, you know, the famous producer, songwriter. He, he just had his Netflix. Shout out to David. Yeah. And I'll, Catherine. Shout out to David and Catherine. That's right. Yeah. Catherine McVie, David Foster. Um, I was on the plane with him. It, was, it was, wasn't David's plane. It was a friend of David's plane. Now, see, David's smart. See, he knows. He like, mm. at, one point, at one point, I bet you he had a plane. I know he had a helicopter. He used to fly they around. Do it for a second. You yeah. gotta do it for a second. But then you know he's like, wait a minute. Now, so his buddy lent him his plane. We were going to do some kind of uh, charity event up in Seattle. We left out of Van Nuys. It was David, uh, Kenny G, uh, Babyface. Oh, man. It was like with a couple other artists. I can't remember everybody, but Nathan East was on there, bass player, you know, legend. Uh, like, bro, that's J. like Robinson. a fucking magical plane right there, bro. Yeah. <laughs> John Robinson, drummer legend, Greg Filling Games, and me. Like, I was filling in for the. Like, oh, it's and me. Like, you didn't belong there. Like, yeah, it's and me. Well, no, but, I, I was but, serving drinks. Like, but <laughs> no, no, I was there to play the fucking gig. No, I played. Of course you were, bro. You're a fucking master. 
Thank you. But that that's my point. Like I found I, you pinch yourself. You have those pinch yourself moments. You're like, oh, I'm here. I'm doing it. Okay, great. Cool. And, and my ego was in check. Like by that time I had done so much. I knew I couldn't, you can't sustain an ego and a career simultaneously. It just doesn't work. <laughs> At one now, did you talk yourself on that plane? What's that? Did, did you talk yourself on that plane? Was that, it a hookup? Right, exactly. You know? <laughs> no, no. I'm a fucking yeah. bad motherfucker. Right, and they're right. like, get that dude. He's a killer. That's how you Dig get this. So the guy who owns the plane comes on to say hi before we, we, before we took off. Young dude, probably early to mid 30s. Good looking dude. Super Hollywood. You know, all built, shredded. Fucking millionaire, right? I don't even know who he is to this day. He just walks on with that charming smile, shakes David Foster's hand, gives him a hug. Hey, buddy, how you doing, man? He looks all of us in the eye, each one, and he says hi to each one of us. Now, he knows most of the people there. He doesn't know who the hell I am. He's not, you know, I'm just looking at him like, damn, I want to get there. How did he get there, right? So that's what I'm thinking on the whole plane. And then actually, guess what I did on the plane ride? I interviewed Greg Gaines and J.R. Robinson and Nathan East. But anyway. <laughs> there it is. So, so we get Dang. there and then I'm thinking, you know what? No, 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 no. I, I, I'm, I'm tripping. I'm already where I need to be. And that's the thing. You guys both said, we're all saying it. All three of you said it. Stop it. Stop thinking that you have to be somewhere above where or whatever, not above, but just different from where you are. Fucking just enjoy where you are because that's where you're supposed to be. Buddy got on the plane jocking y'all, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the reality. He's like, yo, those dudes in there are fucking the I, I wish I, I could give this that. plane away. It's right. not what I'm doing right now to be able to play with those dudes. Cause you know he got his guitar in the back. He's like, fuck, yeah. man. <laughs> God damn it. I gotta go do a spreadsheet. My TPS report is late. Fucking day. I gotta say hi to these dudes. That's David Foster and his girls are the best guys in the world. I'm at the best band in the world today, honey. You know what's up, bro? <laughs> and we just forget about that shit like beep, 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 beep. No, and, and then he says, and I didn't just meet him, and they flew on my plane, you know, right? You know, it's like yeah, all that, you know, it was on my plane. It was like, yeah, I got man, come on, man, that was a historic day for him. That's why he gave the plane up, you know. And that's that's what mastery gets you. And and when somebody asks you like, what what is? Oh, I, I guess I gotta give my definition of success. For me, somebody told me uh, when I was when I was a kid, when I was first at Capital, um, you know, it was one of my mentors. It was like, you know, just keep working hard, keep your head down. And I saw that person again twenty five years later. Uh, and they're like, yo, are you at six, not 25, but you know, 20 years later now, almost 15, you know, whatever. Yeah. He's like, are you still, I was like, I was feeling bad. And I was looking for some, some mentorship and I needed a boost. Like, ah, and this person was a career retired doing well. You know what I mean? Like in our business, that's like a dinosaur, right? Like, yep. it's like, a like, a, I've never seen one of those. <laughs> right. And he was like, He's like, are you, are you, I was like, I don't feel like I'm being successful. And he's like, are you still in the music business? And I was like, yes. He's like, then you are a success. And, and, and I'll take you one further. When still you doing it. House and you said, yo, cause I remember when I called you looking for that same mentorship and we went out to Simsy's down the street here and you're like, bro, why are you tripping? And you're like, first of all, are you healthy? Because half the motherfuckers we know at our age are dead or sick. Mm -hmm. And are, mm -hmm. you, are you still working? So you're like, okay, so what's the issue? <laughs> yep. You just got to kick the door more, bro. We just got to kick some more doors. We got to go shake some pockets, bro. Let's go pass some pockets. You still, you can still run, can't you? We're going to get this bank real quick. <laughs> that's my dad's, that's my dad's two questions every time, man. My dad's very like quiet. Yeah. Just chill. Not very conversational. 
two questions. You working? You healthy? That's it. He doesn't ask it. Like, there's no other questions. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah, man. Check, check. Oh, as long later. as I can punch back, bro. That's that, yeah. at this age. As long as I can punch yeah. back. As long as, because yeah. I'm gonna get hit, I'm gonna get knocked down. It's better for this. You know, you get old. I'm Larry Holmes now. And here comes Mike Tyson. At least yeah. I'm punching back, and I have a puncher's chance. That's all you can ask for. And and this is the yeah. thing, I, for guys like us, if you were 19 on a couch with a guitar in your hand, you weren't worried then, were you? Mm. Right. It's like now that you're a master and you have all this available things around us, and we have all this is when we worry. That's right. And we got yeah. an arsenal full of guns yeah. downstairs. We're worried about getting robbed. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i love it i love it man all right so it so is. look when when uh when does the unveiling happen for this joint venture that you guys have already built or that you guys are building building oh uh, man Ooh. hopefully in the next couple months man like a month or so we're almost done like we're trying to figure out like the format of how we introduce it to people and okay. you know what what the what, how that would work and timing and stuff like that because we really want to take the time we don't want it to be just like you know hey here's some stuff digested. Ha ha ha. It's like, we want to, we really want to help our friends and family. You know what I mean? First and then underrepresented people, especially, you know what I'm saying? Like there's opportunities here for a lot of people to, to come up and just be a part of this, especially as the economy's changing. Look, look, look at what you've been able to accomplish on your own from a media perspective, right? Yeah. Like yeah. giving you some more tools to help you with these kind of things is exactly what we want to be doing. Hey, mm -hmm. fuck, man. And let me say this. Yeah. Uh, I have to correct you there. Not on my own. I have an amazing team. And anybody who has achieved anything worth a grain of salt knows that you can't do it without an amazing team. And Eric G is 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 my primary. He's my he's my number two, right? Oh, he's my right hand man. So uh, shout out to Eric. Amen to that. And my wife is involved. She's like my freaking uh, uh what do you say my consigliere right my mm -hmm. strategist everything yo my wife <laughs> <laughs> we got cat <laughs> charlie and he's he's with us too man and i'm telling you we're a team of four i started as one and then my wife and i and then eric g came on board and then charlie now we're a team of four and look it's so damn hard i'm not gonna lie we are communicating 24 7 amongst the four of us and we're always throwing fastballs and curveballs at one another but you know what it's fun. It's exciting. It's invigorating, you know? So, and you guys know the two of you are working together and I'm sure you have people that work with you. You can't do it without your team, you know? Uh, nah, for sure. It's too much for shit sure. to do. And, and, and this is the thing, yeah. like this, this, you learn that it's not even that you want to do it by yourself. Right. You know, I think when you get older, you learn that the value of your network of people is the the differences in your knowledge you know what i'm saying like yes. there's a reason mm -hmm. there's a reason why i don't know everything but you know I, i'll give you a good example it's like if i ever want to do an album right i can get it to a certain point right but why would i play anything and not bring it to you right, right. if i want to do if i want to make a visual and i have an idea to make a visual why would i take it to anybody but dave if i want to make a podcast and i have an idea why would i take it to anybody you see what i'm saying yeah. like because it's it's uh, you know Vitruvian man, the 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 Da Vinci painting with the dude in the square oh, in the circle. Vitruvian, got it. Yes. Yeah, Vitruvian man. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm a mumble mouth motherfucker. But no, yeah. no, no, no. You no, you v said Vitruvian. Right. I just had uh, a I, I feel, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That cat. That's all I got. I'm just fucking around. But that guy. When I look at that thing, man, what it represents to me is yes, ratios and my forearms, my nose and my head and all that shit. Right. The math works. Right. But what it represents to me is that guy is in control of his like his area, bro. His circle of influence, he is in complete 
control of that, mm. right? And he doesn't have to reach outside over here. He don't have to do none of this shit. Like when you do that, when you work out, what happens? You hurt yourself. When you when you're not balanced, you fall over. Right? He's right here, perfectly balanced. All he has to do is control his fear and bring things together. Mm. Not reach. Just take those points and bring them together, bro. That's you right here, Nomad. This is you right here, Dave. Whoop. That's you right here, Eric. This is whoop. Right? And I'm not look over there. No, because everything I've been working on is right here, bro. The circle's full. It's got all my knowledge. It's got all my shit. It's got all my stuff. It's got all the homies. It's got my history. Right? It's all right here. And everybody always keeps looking over there to do that shit. It's like, nope, everything's right here. Go through your phone today and pick 10 people in that that you can you know work with just 10 people i could i could build with this dude with this i could build with her with this i could build this with them our phones are crazy bro That's who's not right. in your phone dude you reminded me that, and you can check it out i forget which episode number it is maybe eric g could look it up i i uh interviewed uh dougie fresh backstage one night my man yo and he dude. said he you just said he you just said something that he reminded That's he was like 18 i already remember that one Episode 18, he was like, uh, he was like, main dot connector, music director, life selector. Like he just started going on a, he just started ad living. I love it. How dope is Dougie, bro? <laughs> so cool. So cool. Oh, uh, uh, Dougie, Dougie is that when I saw when I saw Beat Street, you guys may not remember Beat Street, but there's a scene in Beat Street where Dougie Fresh is when they walks into the party, Dougie Fresh is standing up against the wall like this, yeah. fucking this B-boy. I was like, who the fuck? Is that dude? That, yeah, I gotta be that motherfucker. I don't even know what he's. And he start beep, 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 beep. I was like, "Fuck out of here, dude! That dude's okay. That, come on, bro." Hey, I, bro. A, yeah, he got to work with him for Idol and a couple things. That dude's awesome, man. Oh, that's awesome. He's such a sweetheart, man. Most down to earth guy, most uplifting guy. You know, much like we're all talking about here. Very encouraging. Mm -hmm very positive attitude um just a, a beautiful spirit but joe i wanted to say something about you man you got the rap side you got the you know the drumming side the production side but you can also play a mean guitar bro like you you touch oh my god up. you're touching For you to say that bro I, no, like, I man, you stood. no you stood right here uh, among, amongst my monster wall of amps and 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 rack gear <laughs> and you you shredded some some riffs man come on <laughs> I, I, that okay. I have to thank you for that. That was a life changing moment for me, bro. Like that literally was. Oh, that was, it was okay. So Nomad, that was the first time I ever played plugged in in front of anyone. What? And it it was you and DJ Homicide. Like, yeah, play something. I'm like, doom doom, crushed it, doom doom. <laughs> that was the first, and I was like, and I was so scared to play. And then I just realized, like, yo, you're here with your fucking friends. Yeah, man. They love you. You're safe. You're not trying to show out. This is just something you do for fun. And why wouldn't you play? Because he can help you. That's right. Like, yeah. it's your boy and he can help you. This isn't a competition. You're safe here. Play for your friends. That's awesome. Let's have some fun. Maybe I can be good enough to jam with you. And we can make some cool music. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's really a, the dream, you know? So that's that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's, it's really about me working on something hard enough to bring it to your mastery. You see what I'm saying? And that's how much, if I care about it that much, we can build together and it's not wasting your time. It's not disrespecting your skills. No. You see what I'm saying? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. 
Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. And I got, I love that. And speaking on that same thing and the team mentality and, and everybody pitching in. Yo, David Garcia, DG, right here in the house. He is the man that created our main title uh, graphic. Do you remember that? He created our main title for the. It looks. Here, here's what I told him. I said, I said, bro, give me something that looks like the old '80s MTV thing with the man on the moon. So, how's that? Moon man, back again. <laughs> and you crushed it, David, man. So cool. you guys are the best, man. Look, I can't wait till we can all hang out and drink some beers and, and, and kick it again. You know, Stimsies, man. Yeah, man. That'll be awesome. Yeah. So listen, before we go, we're gonna do some rapid fire questions. Yes. Uh, Eric G. We got we got to figure we've never done rapid fire with two guests and I'm thinking we could there's a couple ways we can play this we could do like one for one what do you think Eric or we do them at the same time or what do you think how do we make this even more fun well if we do it at the same time I think the audio is going to clip right or it's going to cut out right but like like say who goes first and who goes second right but yeah why don't we just flip flop back and forth or do you want to flip go first I go second yeah okay but we, we find a rhythm, we can actually get into it. All right, cool. Okay. Cool. All right. So one, two, two, one, two, two, one, two. <laughs> Mike <laughs> oh, microphone check. Paradiddles. Paradiddly. <laughs> All right. You ready? 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 And and oh, who, goes, who goes first? Oh, that's a good question. We'll start with Joe. We'll start with Joe. Uh okay. Here's the thing. We're gonna do it normally we do it in a minute. But I think mm -hmm. should we do two minutes this time? Oh, I can't hear you, Eric G. You muted yourself. Yep, I'm getting I'm getting the timer. But here's the thing. I'm wondering, should we make each guy answer the same question or or literally rotate the questions? Just, yeah, just random fire answer whatever comes at you. Let's do let's do a minute and a half. Okay, I like so are we both answering then. Like Joe goes first, I'll after Joe, and then the next question I'll go first and Joe goes second on the same question. Or what do we what do we got? No, one question. Alternating, they'll be at random. You're not going to answer the person what the other person answered. I like okay. it. Okay, so like Joe will answer the first question. I'll answer the second question. Yep. Okay, I got the evens then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, I like how David is calculating it. That, <laughs> that's the producer in him. He's like, no, I, I have like, structure. <laughs> this shit ain't tic tac toe. He got the X's already smelled. Like, come on, man. Yeah. I already have a spreadsheet. Ready He's go. got a spreadsheet. <laughs> 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 All right, you ready? Tell me, count me in, Eric G. All right, here we go. In three, two, one. Joe, three tour essentials. Uh, electric toothbrush. Uh, phone, and God damn, you're eating all the time. <laughs> so much for rapid fire. Uh, a phone, a phone app for my remote for the hotel. Okay, Dave. <laughs> hidden talents. Hidden talents. Ooh, man, painting. Nice. Um, man. Oh, hidden talents. Uh, maybe, maybe uh, sewing. I can sew. Oh, I like that. See, you can sew up your arm if you if you get. And I know in there there's some musical talent. I know there's musical talent in there somewhere. Done. Joe, drink of yeah. choice. Libation. Drink. Adult beverage. Uh, Patron. Love it. Dave, your friends would say you are? 
kind. Joe, song or band that changed your life? Uh, Eric B. and Rakim. Dave, favorite decade of music? Ooh. Early 90s, not even the full thing. Joe, musical guilty pleasure? K-pop. Dave, instrument you wish you played? Guitar. Joe, guilty food, guilty pleasure food. Oh, uh, shit. Don't get donuts. <laughs> I like it. Dave, what entertains you? Oh, man. Um, woodworking videos on YouTube. Now, see, that's some Bob Ross <laughs> answers right there. I like that. That I love that. I'm yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. I want to see what it is. Stuff. All right, we 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 beat mm. we didn't beat the timer, but here I got two questions left, and I want you both to answer these questions. So, Dave, we're gonna start with Me? you first. Yeah. So, Dave, okay. what would your dream collaboration be, dead or alive? Dream collaboration. Okay. Um, I would have to go with I would. I don't know what the project would be. But let's just say I would. There would be some multimedia shit going on, and I would do something with an artist named MC Escher. And I don't know if you guys. I don't know if you guys know MC Escher. But Not hip. Eric G. Write that in the notes. We got to capture that. How do you spell? Yeah. It? So he's a he's an artist. Um, but he yeah, I, I would be some type of collaboration with him. I don't know what it would be. Okay. Let's just say I would do some type. I mean, let's just go real simple. I would just shoot him going through his process because he's got a freaky ass mind and it would be cool to just shoot a shoot a mini doc, like a micro documentary with mc escher there we go i like it yeah. joe your dream collab dead or alive besides me i mean you've already stated that so. <laughs> uh, music collab right it doesn't matter i don't care production multimedia music authorship whatever cupcakes. you want to do cupcakes shit uh i would say um Wow, that's a good one. Dream collab. Oh, Stevie, man. Fuck it. Yeah. Wonder. Stevie. Yep. Ooh. That's the one I keep trying to think of something else. It just keeps coming back to Stevie. Like, boop. Yeah. Boop. Because I had I was gonna say Steve Jobs, you know, but yeah. nah, I, I, I would love to, I would have loved to be at the Songs in the Key of Life sessions, bro. Oh man. Ooh. Well, I don't like need, that. I know, I know we're old, but I, were we born? Were we in diapers back at that session? I think we were pretty. Uh, <laughs> probably that that's been, like mid i think i'm 75 right 75 70, mid 70s 70. i think yeah i would have been like years old at 75 same so. here we had, yeah we had that record in my house when i was a kid man my mom and dad got down on some cool funky shit man yeah that's awesome all right and yeah. finally you ready dave we'll come come back to you what would you do if you weren't the career person that you are today in the entertainment industry Within the industry? Yeah, like how you, you own your own production company, you're a producer, you're a cinematographer, yeah. DP. What would you do if you weren't those things? But again, keeping it in the entertainment industry. Oh, right? no, I don't care. No, you could change oh, it. Outside. No, outside. Oh, outside. Outside. Oh. Woodworker. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I would, yeah, man. I would, uh, I would be, I would do construction. I'd build custom log cabins. Nice, dude. You know what? We gotta we gotta design a custom log cabin studio. It's in my uh, it's in my vision board for 2021 to build one in my backyard to build like a mini kind of like place for my kids to sit and read and hang and like if someone wanted to camp out they could sleep in there like that's on my vision board hey, for 2021. Guys, 
Guys, and then when we do our joint venture with our two brands, we got to build one out in the woods somewhere for retreats. Real oh, shit. Yeah. Come on. Yes. Real shit. Mm -hmm. right. Real shit. Look, Eric G is nodding his head. He's going to be the house engineer. He's going <laughs> he's going to run the soundboard and that shit. He's going to be the recording master. All right. Yeah. Joe, yeah. you're you if you weren't Okay, I'm not gonna say the M word. If you want, to <laughs> manager, a consultant, a creator within the industry. Oh, M. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought you said N word. I was like, oh, M. Shit, David. Like, it, 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 I said the M word, as in manager. <laughs> yeah, we're editing that shit out. God. Damn. <laughs> Keep it in. <laughs> my bad, bro. That's my bad. I should have never framed it like that. That was awful. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you say the C word. I'm not going to say the C word in front of a lady. And she's like, <gasps> what? and I'm like, no, just coffee. What do you mean? Change. Shit. Now I got to edit this shit. I asked the question again. All right. And Joe, what would you do if you weren't the career manager, content creator, developer, producer, idea person that you are? I'd be a teacher, bro. Nice. nice. What kind of teacher? Uh, college. Okay. You know, keep trying a little bit more. What, what, what subject? Um, I'd be a college professor teaching, uh, like history, probably something like that, you know, giving insight on historical events and like really breaking down stuff like that or, you know, philosophy, something like that. Uh -uh. Uh, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm a heavy reader, bro. And I'm a heavy, like the thinking part, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's that I'd, I'd be somewhere thinking real hard about stuff. I could see yeah. you as professor Willis of philosophy. Absolutely, man. Yep. <laughs> the Cornell West and shit. That's right. The yes. Cornell West Einstein joint. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, the hairdo. Yep. Yes, sir. Yeah, I would totally, I would totally dig that, man. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. And, you know, just sit somewhere. If, if somebody paid me to think all day, that'd be the best shit ever, you know? <laughs> but, but here's the thing somebody does pay me to think all day. That's exactly what I do. Right. Yeah. And, and, and ultimately, like, I think when, when, when you step back from those kind of questions and you really look at like what you're, there's a piece of you doing that. It's just that the part of what we're trying to do with, with, with creators creed is like, you know, what I've found with, with being blocked, you know, people think writer's block is like, I can't get it out. What writer's block or, or any kind of block is, is that you're just full of ideas. You aren't executing and they're all just stuck there. So it's, you just got to get them out, you know, build that house. Like that's, that's this year for me is whatever I think I want to do. I'm just doing it. Yeah. I'm doing an album this year. I'm doing a fucking movie this year. I'm going to learn how to use that Alexa. Um, you know what I'm saying? So that there's no excuse to be like, well, it's going to take too long to nope. The reality is you get done what you get done because you wanted to get it done. You spent the time on what you wanted to spend it on. That's the reality, you know? And if you're not spending the time, what does it take? I, I did that. I, I, it's taken me a long time to learn guitar, but the thing that learning guitar reminded me is repetition and 30 minutes a day will change your life. Oh, you're going to love the guitar course I'm developing because it, it talks about it, it focuses on that premise. Exactly. See, 30 minutes, like and the next thing, you know, like in certain things like, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad I didn't learn theory on guitar. 
but but being able to apply the theory I do know to guitar now is it may, but that's a 20 year circle right and I remember when I was asked when I first started I would ask people like you like how do you get good at guitar and <laughs> inevitably every time you somebody would do just what you just did <laughs> right and then they'd be like bro just sit with it sit with that shit every like, day how did you get good at anything like well i remember when i first started drums and i was learning independence right i couldn't put the thing but you know a month later after you floor on the floor works it just takes a month of you sitting there doing that shit isn't that something that you can teach your brain that stuff yeah and it's unbelievable but you forget that when you get old you forget that you you, you kind of lose faith in the fact that you can learn and be better i think you know and then you you, you kind of we're so used to doing the things that we're used to doing right when was the last time you sucked at something mm. right uh yesterday or this morning <laughs> if you're not challenging yourself with sucking with something every day you're in a rut that's what a rut is that's right, right? yeah you got to challenge you got what what are the failures are the steps to success i mean you know so sure right the adults get nervous because of time you know it's sure. like i don't know i don't know that we all forget that we can learn but just like Maybe when we were kids and we didn't have any responsibilities and all we had was time to play and learn. And now it's just like, what's the fastest way to get from point A to point B? Because I only have. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Four hour work week. I have, I have students, um, piano students who, you know, both children and adults. And the adults are always looking for uh, the shortcut to, to, getting, to getting great or at least as good as me, their teacher. And so I give them all the things that that I know they need, like because I went through it, right? I'm a master at piano now after having done it for 30 years, right? Mm -hmm. So now I know what works and what doesn't work. And I go here, here's what you got to do. And I go, no, 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 but I want I want the, the quick version. I'm like, this is the quick <laughs> that's the quick version. <laughs> all of this, and you have to do it every day, otherwise you'll get nowhere. Oh, right. Yeah. And, and you'll get worse every day. Don't do it six every day. hours a day. Shit. Yeah. It's your job. Right. Yeah. Yo, fellas, where can we find you on the old social medias? Ooh. Mine is so. Mine is so difficult. The worst, you're talking it's literally the worst two social media Wait, just, dudes ever. No. Give us one platform so people yeah. want to reach out, they can reach out. Instagram. Instagram. I have a yep. really weird tag. Mine's at, well, whatever, right? Uh, it's six underscores. <laughs> DG six underscores. Okay, you're fired. You're fired. It's over. Forget about it. All right, we'll, we'll we'll put it in yeah. print. I got yeah. it. I got it. Six underscores. DG six underscores. <laughs> and it's a mix of like film shit, fam, mostly family, a little bit of media. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But skateboarding. But you <laughs> might get somebody direct message you and be like, "Yo, Dave, can I come and intern for you?" Hey, man. You never. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Sure, man. So, yeah. Joe? I'm there. Joe, where can uh, I find you? Uh, Instagram, the Joey Boombox. T-H-E-J-O-E-Y-B-O-O-M-B-O-X. The Joey Boombox. So it looks like these guys are accepting interns that will make them, if I'm not mistaken, that will bake them cookies and brownies. Is that right? Is that how? Oh, it was cupcakes. Gotcha. Cupcakes, yes. Cupcakes. Tortillas. Tortillas. Please. Cupcakes and... Uh, man what a blast I, I love you guys man what a blast thank you so much for being on the career musician man thank you <laughs>